0: You're listening to the Doc Lounge Podcast. This is a place for candid healthcare conversations with physician recruitment industry's top executives and thought leaders. This podcast is made possible by Pacific Companies, your trusted advisor in physician recruitment.
1: Well, good morning. This is John Paul with Pacific Companies, and we're here to do a podcast this morning. And we have a couple of guests in the studio. I've got Mike Genovese of Grant Genovese and Barada and Chris Lekawa, also a partner in Grant Genovese and Barada. And we're here to talk about broadly defined as succession planning or in layman's terms when an existing practice wants to bring on an associate that may wish to acquire a portion of the practice or uh, the entire practice itself. And so this uh, the, the legal aspect of this, Uh, exceeds my capacity that's why we've got two experts in here who have quite a bit of experience in this Uh, grant genevese Broad is a california firm located in irvine california and and these gentlemen along among their other uh, colleagues specialize in contract law mergers and acquisitions and business transactions so we've had uh, the opportunity to work with them uh, as well but we were talking earlier and you guys have uh, quite a bit of experience dealing with this very thing is that correct
2: Yes, in fact, my experience started uh, many, many years ago. I get to date myself here. In 1970, I went to work for a uh, public accounting firm, Ernst & Ernst & Young, and uh, did a lot of the tax work for doctors and medical groups. And uh, that gravitated into uh, my law practice starting in 1976. And uh, as you can imagine uh, around that time in Orange County, real estate was booming. So a lot of clients were doing a lot of real estate work and 1031 exchanges, but my practice also allowed me to take some of the doctor clients that I had and uh, move forward with uh, helping them form medical practices, partnerships, uh, orthopedic groups, things like that. And uh, over the years we get, referrals and in, in, uh, doctors calling us who decide they want to sell their practice, they want to employ another doctor or, or uh, set up some kind of a partnership group and um, so we've dealt with that. Also I I'm, I'm obviously conversant in the tax issues but we always still today bring in a tax CPA to guide us along. It uh, used to be I could go next door and, and talk to my uh, fellow CPA and talk tax uh, since I can't do that now, I make sure we bring in outside CPA
0: counsel to uh, to advise.
1: Excellent. And uh, Chris, you've got a few years of experience at this as well, is that right?
0: That's correct. I joined the firm in 2012 and <clears throat> started with Mike then, and uh, and have developed the practice um, further. And we're, we've worked with a lot of healthcare professionals and <clears throat> through their succession planning, and and uh, have moved forward together.
1: Well, yeah, I. Described earlier to you a little bit of the kind of the typical scenario that we get. We're retained on behalf of a private practice. It's a solo practitioner who's set up either as an S-Corp or a C corp uh, and has decided at some point in the not-too-distant future would like to transition out of the practice. Uh, they may have also had other reasons for adding a colleague because the volume, uh, patient volume has picked up and they, they are looking at, at meeting that, ongro- that ongoing demand. And so... What are the first couple of documents that a physician who's looking to add that associate should be considering? Or what are some of the first steps uh, that they should take in preparation for this?
0: Generally, what we like to do in in, in working with these physicians is... is setting things up on kind of a pre-planning approach, uh, which is going to include corporate cleanup. A, a, a doctor or a healthcare facility that is looking to bring on an associate with the idea of succession planning needs to first look internally. They need to look at their long-term contracts. They need to look at their corporate governance, their books and records, and they need to make sure that everything is ready to go for this next phase. Um, but when they've done that, <clears throat> the next phase is then to uh, help kind of prospect and they're going to try and find the the talent that they're wanting to bring in. And once they've done that, then it's a matter of kind of outlining the next phases of of what bringing that physician in looks like. And as a part of that, um, when they have found that physician, oftentimes they'll enter into dialogue and then they'll come to us and speak about what their timeframes are. And as a part of the timeframes, they're going to be lining out a due diligence investigation period um, but at the same time entering into this kind of transition phase where the physician may come on board either as an employee or as an independent contractor depending on various scenarios um, but then they'll come on board and then um, look towards transitioning some of these patients move, uh, moving forward together those are some of those initial phases unless Mike has some other yes yeah, so I comments. think the you kind of break it down into a couple of different areas
2: I mean one area is is the the physician wants to sell his practice, and he wants to he wants to get set up as best he can to do that. Uh, Chris is right. A lot of times, uh, the doctors' corporations need to be cleaned up from the standpoint of just making sure that their entity is in good standing with the proper minutes and resolutions and election of officers and directors and things like that. Some real basic stuff just to make sure that uh, that that part's ready to go, and then then you you look at this as either I'm going to enter into some kind of a buy sell agreement uh, purchase agreement uh, where I'm going to sell the practice and determine if you're going to do that do you need to bring somebody in initially to see if they're a good fit for my for your patients um, do you need to bring somebody under an employment arrangement or an independent contractor arrangement uh, or the doctor may say, you know, my practice. I'm going to be here for a little while. I'm not going to just simply uh, uh, sell and be gone right away. Even if I transition a little bit for a year uh, in a sale transaction, he may say, I want to. I want to bring somebody in who can uh, get to know my patients, understand my methodology of practice. Uh, I get comfortable with their uh, patient care approach, and so. You bring that doctor in and maybe form a partnership group. Uh, each doctor would have his own entity. Generally speaking, in that arrangement, each doctor would have would be incorporated. Most likely, they would be subchapter S corporations from a tax standpoint. But uh, there are there there are uh, doctors who have C corporations, which is just simply a corporation that is its own tax paying entity. Um, but the other doctor could maybe form his own corporation. Those two corporations would then be the partners in a partnership. And the, and the partnership document is what really dictates how they're going to share in the patient load, the revenue, the costs and expenses, the overhead. Maybe one of the goals is, is the, the doctor who's gonna transition out at some point in time simply wants to start helping, uh, having somebody help share in his administrative cost and overhead, and while he's getting to know his practice. And that partnership agreement uh, can also have a buy-sell arrangement in it. It all depends on what the doctors are trying to achieve, what their goals are, and that's really what needs to be tailored. There there is no one-size-fits-all, generally speaking. The one-size-fits-all concept is where a doctor just wants to sell, he goes out and finds a doctor that wants to buy and you set up a purchase and sale agreement and a transition agreement and um, work through uh, all of those aspects. That's more of a one-size-fits-all. Anything beyond that is tailored to what the doctors are trying to achieve.
1: Okay. We're frequently brought in at an early stage in the process for the purposes of hiring, finding that individual who wants to participate in a growing entity. Maybe they're going to be the second or the third physician in that group uh you know we're going to do our due diligence to understand what that practice looks like and represent that to that candidate introduce them of course to the existing physician in that practice but where we often reach our our capacity is what do they need to do from a legal point of view and so you've touched on a number of those items both chris and mike Uh, the question that i sometimes have is should they be looking at uh, a determining evaluation early in the process. We have generally have been asked to bring in physicians as an employee with the idea that over the next year, or year and a half to two years, the existing physician has the opportunity to work with this individual, but typically there's a request or an expectation that ownership interest will then become available to me. And so Walk us through the simple process of how I, as a new physician, would go in and become a potential shareholder, therefore participating in profit distributions in, in that entity. Is there a simple way of explaining that?
2: Well, the the uh, take a practice uh, take a uh, a practice where a doctor has you know a, a uh, plastic surgery practice, and, and in that plastic surgery practice, he's got all kinds of different aspects to it. He's got the most surgery aspect. He's got uh, a whole different, you can imagine all, these, all the plastic surgery doctors now have all kinds of different things that they promote and that they believe in, and, that they, and they build up a clientele on that basis, um, and he, it, it, those practices generally have a, a following. Of of patients uh, for a long time. I mean, they get and they develop a larger and larger and larger following. Uh, they they may bring a doctor in under generally an employment arrangement or an independent contractor arrangement, depending on how the relationship's going to be, uh, to get his get his feet wet in that practice and that doctor's maybe going to also develop a following in that practice. So up front they may want to have some understanding as to how that doctor could come how the new doctor could come into that practice and get some ownership. And a lot of that has to do obviously with the the economics and the valuation and when you've got a a so-called I'll call it a book of business uh, for <laughs> For lack of a better word in the medical practice, they probably call it something else a book of patients maybe but um, but it has an income stream, and yes, they should try to get some general idea of valuation of that practice there's a lot of different companies out there that help in those valuation processes it uh, it 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 may be as simple as simply understanding the EBITDA formula for you know earnings uh, before uh, uh, interest taxes depreciation amortization um, But but it's also uh, somebody who's familiar with medical practices, so they know how long patient's longevity is, generally speaking, and sticks with the the practice. Um, And there may be some attrition that's typical when you have another doctor coming in, another doctor is moving out. Uh, There's valuation people that take a lot of that in consideration, so valuation is important, and then figuring out how to structure bringing the new doctor in so that it's not a burden from a tax standpoint is important. Um, If the doctor has a medical practice, and it's a corporation, and he wants to bring a doctor in to help uh, transition him going out, if he sells, that's a tax consequence. The doctor coming in wants to know when I buy, am I getting any benefits from the the acquisition price to allocate to uh, items that I can write off to help ease the the, the the pain of buying in. The doctor selling is going to want to know, how much can I get for capital gains? How much can I, as ordinary income? There's all these tax consequences. If you form a partnership and you bring somebody in who's also bringing in clients from time to time, uh, you may be able to bring that doctor into a partnership group where he gets a profits interest and not a interest in the existing capital uh, ownership of, of the company. It's, it's more of a profits interest of the going forward business. So he can get some, uh, he doesn't necessarily have a tax consequence if that partnership interest he's getting is not considered something of value at that time. So there's, there's lots of different things to consider. And back to your original question, yes, definitely you should get some ideas, the valuation of your practice, if that is is uh, because that's important, but if if more if it's more important to say I need to, I need my patients to be taken care of properly, and uh, I really don't have the ability to nail down a strong valuation. We'll call it goodwill because you may be in practice for so long, your equipment may be fully depreciated, it may be somewhat antiquated. The new doctor is going to want to replace a lot of it anyway. Uh, there may or may not be any value in your lease. You may be able to lease the same space, relatively the same, the, same, the same rental rate, so there may not be any upside value in that. So you need to know where your values are and what your goals are as far as trying to transition yourself out as to whether or not there's anything you can sell in the form of goodwill, which would be a, uh, a good capital gain value for the doctor buying in, uh, or for the doctor selling and the doctor buying in Gets a fifteen-year amortization write-off for the for the purchase of goodwill. So there's some give and take there.
1: Well, we're we're frequently frustrated with uh, we're able to find interested candidates considering this, but the physician who's the recipient of the new recruit hasn't taken the, these steps to prepare the environment to be conducive to bringing that person in, and so it seems perhaps a bit more complicated than I had originally estimated a lot of considerations there Chris you you've had some recent experience um, how does that differ from some of the the, the options that Mike has discussed
0: sure <clears throat> Mike uh, touched on a lot of great things concerning valuation and and having um, proper entity formation in place uh, in order to bring on an employee but in the scenario where we have a physician that is thinking about retiring or moving moving on Um, a lot of times you're not seeing uh, proper planning going into place and so you're seeing a little bit of a last-minute kind of a kind of a quick plan something that gets planned over maybe in the next 12 months and so in that scenario it it, that's kind of going back to my initial um, my initial plan on on Bringing in that new physician, bringing in that new physician can take um, can take the form of many different avenues with regard to the agreements. And so the agreement, as we as we mentioned initially, can be brought in with either an employment agreement or an independent contractor agreement, um, with at the same time a letter of intent or even possibly a purchase and sale agreement at the outset. Uh, but it's a it's a delayed closing transaction of being able to acquire the practice. Um, so, essentially, you'll have, you'll have an opening of escrow, if you will. Not necessarily an escrow, but you'll, you'll have an opening of an agreement. And then they'll go ahead and go through this transition period where the new physician is coming on board as either an independent contractor or, or as an employee, getting introduced, and then um, at the same time going through this transition period uh, where they are being introduced to all of the new patients, they're becoming more and more familiar with uh, the insurance carriers, with the referral sources, with their staff, um, understanding the uh, the equipment in place. Maybe there's a lease or, or real estate owned uh, issues that they need to deal with. Um, but in the scenario, again, going back to where there's a short time frame, they may the, the the retiring physician may not have developed this full this full and complete succession plan. So in that scenario, you kind of dive right in and, and you look for a 12 month period. 18-, uh, twelve, eighteen, twenty four month period where where this new physician is coming on board um, and going through um, this employment agreement while at the same time they are going through a a transition or a closing and w- where they will ultimately end up acquiring the, n- the new practice. Um, I, I hope that answers your question. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know if you were to extend that scenario, let's say, for instance, in this uh, not entirely hypothetical, scenario we've discussed, that uh, that new physician stepping in there, let's say they came back to Grant Genovese and Barada and said, hey, I'm looking at it, a colleague now. Uh, based on that structure, what would the steps, what, what steps would be required to proceed from there?
2: So in, in, again, in, the two buckets we're kind of talking about are one is selling a practice and the other is bringing somebody in that might ultimately participate in the acquisition and success in planning of the practice. In the latter that you're kind of talking about, I think the, the, the concept there would be to talk to the doctor to make sure he has some valuation idea of his practice, where his practice is uh, cash flow wise, uh, where his overhead is, to really get some idea of the valuation of that practice. And, and then you'd talk about putting together possibly a partnership agreement, actually a an agreement bringing in another doctor to help partner up and decide how you share in what that practice is going to produce, because this other doctor is going to, he's going to work, he's going to provide services, um, and you know, you could do it with employment, you could do it with independent contractor, or you could bring that partner, that doctor in um, as a partner. Generally speaking, I think it's always prudent to have some idea who you're working with first. I mean, we don't, this isn't unlike any other type of service related business. A a law firm take it, associates come in and they work and and the people get to know them and the partners decide we're gonna make him a partner and how are we going to bring that individual in as a partner? In the medical practice it would be the same thing. If you can bring them in initially to get to understand what their capabilities are and how they fit into the type of practice that you've had over the years, that's a great opportunity. Um, So this succession planning as opposed to just I'm going to sell the practice, like Chris said, is real important from the standpoint of the pre-planning part of ultimately selling the practice, bringing somebody in either as an employee, independent contractor, or a partnership agreement or some kind of agreement that that gives the new doctor coming in the incentive and the understanding that he's going to be adequately compensated for what he's doing now that he's interested in this practice otherwise he wouldn't be coming in initially and and what he can look forward to possibly in acquiring you could at that point set up the parameters for what he could buy that practice for you could set that up in in an agreement uh, that would accomplish what both doctors are trying to accomplish if that other doctor's main goal is, a meet, is to definitely have succession planning. And the one thing to not lose sight of is, is in any plan like that, when the other doctor, when the new doctor coming in, comes in and acquires the practice or takes control, a majority interest in the practice, having the, the doctor who's phasing out stay on for a period of time uh, with the transition, understanding is important.
1: We frequently see uh, a, at least eighteen months is sort of the stated uh, benchmark for that. The theory being that each of the patients that existed in the practice prior to the arrival of the new physician will have been seen during that period of time. Chris, you wanted to add something?
0: Just that Mike was making mention to forming a partnership or whatnot, and and the entity can be that of a, a, a corporation as well. And the same thing would apply. Whether you're gonna have a shareholder agreement uh, or potentially a buy-sell agreement between the new physician, um, those, those benchmarks can also be dovetailed into an employment agreement. And, and if, if in the planning phase, <clears throat> the current physician, just like you said, wanted to bring on a colleague and he understands that, okay, well, if the colleague comes in and if he hasn't, uh, if, he, if he's performing, if he is bringing new business to the table, if he is doing certain parameters, that might then give him the right to buy into certain, certain portions of the company. So that, that can be structured, but again, that all goes back to planning and every scenario is a little bit different. Um, so if you have um, a, a, a physician group that wants to bring in more, more physicians and entice them with ownership opportunities, understanding what those parameters are going to be um, is crucial Uh, because those can be outlined in your documents and whether it's it's a it's a partnership or whether it is a a corporation and they're going to be um, uh, and and the new physician is going to be acquiring partnership interest or shares uh, will be triggered based upon those parameters and um, having a clear understanding uh, of that is is truly the best practice
1: Um, what we fret about when we go in and Profile the practice initially, we frequently will delve into, at least at a cursory level, the financials and and get an understanding of what the the plan is for bringing in somebody else. In many instances, the physician, as we've discussed, is close to contemplating retirement, maybe gradually fading into the sunset. In other instances, the practice is thriving and we're looking at adding staff to meet the, the growing demand as well as the, the ancillary benefit of reducing the fixed costs by distributing it equally over an additional provider. Sometimes the challenge is we're bringing in somebody who's expecting to be remunerated. And so I don't know if this would prohibit us from offering an employment agreement, but you said it could be dovetailed into a partnership which would lend itself to a uh, the next steps into becoming a shareholder. Is that correct?
2: Well, the... the a, a partnership structure is relatively a flexible, relatively flexible structure. Corporation has a little bit more rigidity to it, especially from a tax standpoint. Um, so, a lot of times you look at these groups and they're partnership groups, and the m- partners in those partnership groups are individual doctors who have incorporated themselves as professional corporations, so that they have certain limited liability protections. They still have their malpractice insurance protection and all of that because that's something that you can't really shield. Uh, but they still have limited liability protections from just the the nature of the business of the medical practice. I mean you're buying a lot of expensive equipment these days, you're signing leases, you know if you don't have to have personal guarantees out there if you can have some limited liability protection, you'll want to look at all that. But the the partnership or an agreement like a partnership that deals with the sharing of costs and and the and the uh, the allocation of sharing of revenues compensation that's something that that you deal with in understanding what the doctor's trying to achieve that's wants to bring somebody in and what he's willing to re- remunerate the the new doctor <laughs> That, that, I don't know if that comes across really well verbally, but compensate the other doctor. Um, the you know doctors don't want to work for free. They did that in their residency program, right? right? I mean, <laughs> my son's a general surgery resident, uh, and I've been through that program with him, and he's now about to become a fellow. He'll get about the same, uh, less than minimum wage when he's doing that. So they want to be compensated when they're ready to get out into the practice. We've
1: got jobs, We've got jobs for him, Mike.
2: You'll be so. the first person I'll be calling, yeah. Okay. It'll help <laughs> me a lot. <laughs> so the, uh, but yeah, they do, they do want to be compensated, but that's the, 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 the whole idea of a doctor bringing somebody in is that that doctor's going to work. He's going to provide a service. There's going to be revenue generated from that. So they, you ought to be able to develop a pro forma. And a model that shows what that is, and allow that doctor to receive a base draw from the practice, uh, and and then the question is, is what can he earn in excess of that bra- base draw? That's more like uh, the sharing of the 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 success of the practice group itself, and then you get get to the point: what can he buy the practice for on is there a formula base that I can that he he can look to in the future to buy that practice, and own that practice for the doctor that eventually wants to move out? Um, these are all elements that you kind of need to look at, and you just have to start at the beginning. What is the doctor, who's, uh, in whatever stage he's in, trying to accomplish? Is it to bring somebody in and grow the practice and ultimately sell? Is it to sell right now? Uh, it, it, is he is he willing to transition for a while in that sale transaction. You need to really understand the goals uh, of each party in order to help them do what they need to do. But one of the things that I think that you're trying to accomplish, at least initially, for the benefit of, of the doctors out there is is to make sure what do they need to do first? And the first thing they need to do is make sure they've got their practice structure and entity documents in order. That's the first thing they need to make sure. And let's assume they they are, they're already cleaned up, they've already got that going, then the next, I think the next concept is is to get some idea as to valuation of that practice. Is that practice have a goodwill value over and above the asset value? Is that doctor gonna, got a, a book of receivables is the other receivables going to go with the sale? Is it going to be, what he, he, does he want to consider a stock sale if he's a corporation or an asset sale? Uh, if, even if he's a corporation, an asset sale transaction. The tax consequences associated with that. These are all steps that he probably should get familiar with and, at, and, and, and probably in advance of going out and finding that perfect person that he wants to participate with in a succession plan another doctor who he wants to go over who wants to take over his practice or come in and partner up with in his practice or otherwise
1: all right well we're out of time for today but uh clearly there's a lot more we can discuss here and uh appreciate uh, both mike and chris for coming in today again it's mike and chris from grant and genevieve Parada. and if uh we want to direct somebody to you guys with your deep expertise. How how should they reach out to you?
0: Certainly they can they can visit us, visit us online at www.ggb-law.com or they can give us a call anytime uh 949-660-1600.
1: That's easy to remember. All right. Well, thanks again for coming in today. We look forward to seeing you guys here in uh, the next session.
0: Yeah, thank
2: thank you uh, John. This is you know the topic uh, can morph into so many different areas um, and different nuances with regard to any transaction. It's like anything else. It's uh, it's what does the one party want to accomplish? What does the other party want to accomplish? I mean, you even get into the buy, the buying partner, the buying doctor coming in saying, how can I afford it? How can I buy in? Who should I reach out to? Will a bank finance this? Do I have to give a personal guarantee? Um and, and what are the economics of that? What's the cash flow benefit to me that will allow me to, to pay off that acquisition price? And at the end of the day, I'm 100% owner and now I get to reap the benefits of the entire practice. There's all kinds of financial considerations, obviously, clearly in this, uh, aside from the most important part of patient care and what the doctor really wants to accomplish to make sure that the doctor that he's associating himself with is gonna continue take care of his practice the way he did, um, all that is, uh, I, th- I think, of utmost importance. But then again, us lawyers and tax accountants and everybody else has to get involved in the transaction.
1: Absolutely. Well, um, I'm going to look forward to seeing you guys here in a few days and we'll pick up where we left off. Okay. Thanks, Sounds John. Great. Thank thanks, you. guys.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you to all our listeners. If you'd like to be notified when new episodes air, make sure to hit that subscribe button. And thank you to Pacific Companies. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. If you'd like to be a guest or for more information, go to www.pacificcompanies.com.